cue sappy music. Hey there, Fighting for the Faith podcast listener. Just want to remind you at the top of the program here that Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. You know, no, the music isn't working. Kill the music. Yeah, sorry. I see other guys use sappy music. I, uh, bad idea. Remind me to talk to you after the program. Anyway, just want to remind you, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions to keep bringing this program to you. If you don't support us financially already, visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. Click on one of the friendly yellow buttons. Fill it all out. You know what to do. Or if you would like to do the traditional thing, you can make your check payable to Fighting for the Faith. Send that to Post Office Box 508, Fishers, Indiana, zip code 46038. Okay, now you can play your music. Yeah. Enjoy listening to the program. I enjoyed making it. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Here we go. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, February 21st, 2012. Got a special treat today for you. Something a little different. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough, and I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of really crazy and bizarre off false things being said about God. And our job, well, to do the work of a Berean, to compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Ultimately, this is about biblical discernment that points us to sound doctrine and points us to our crucified and risen Savior. This is the important stuff. Now, today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. And uh, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be uh, playing for you uh, an interview that I recorded earlier today with Jovan McKenzie. Jovan McKenzie's brand new album, Narrow Road Famine, just was released today. And uh, in anticipation of uh, the release of uh, Jovan McKenzie's album, I uh, contacted him and we uh, we agreed that having him on the program today would be a great idea. And uh, I want to let you know up front that this album is available for free. Okay, You don't have to pay to download it. In fact, if you would like to listen to it, go to jovanmckenzie.com. That's J-O-V-A-N-M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-Y.com. And click on the Downloads uh, button from the menu bar there. And you'll be able to download The Narrow Road Famine for free. For free. But I think you're going to find out that this is worth far more than nothing. And so uh, my hope is that after hearing this uh, interview, you'll get to know a little bit about the man, Jovan McKenzie, and uh, in his theological convictions, and uh, may even consider supporting him in the work that he is doing. And so without any further ado, here is my interview 
with Jovan McKenzie regarding his new album, Narrow Road Famine. Here we go. All right, on the line, I have uh, Jovan McKenzie, and uh, today uh, uh, his brand new album was released. It's called The Narrow Road Famine, and uh, going to do something I've never done before, and that is interview a, uh, a theological hip-hop rap artist on Fighting for the Faith. Jovan, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm t- totally out of my league here. I mean... Um, before you started tweeting me and I started listening to your music, I probably knew almost nothing, absolutely nothing about uh, hip-hop music. In fact, my most exposure to anything even sh- closely related to the genre would be Weird Al Yankovic's White and Nerdy, I, which I can relate to. You know, so, uh, you know, how is it that, um, you know, that you've, taken reformed theology i mean it it's clear that you you are in the calvinist camp uh, by your uh, by your album how did you go from where you were to where you are and how is it that you are weaving into your songs words like propitiation imputed righteousness and things like that i mean i i've I've never seen this species of music before, and I gotta admit, I'm I'm impressed because you know, even though I'm a Lutheran and you're a Calvinist, um, y- y- at least you're an honest Calvinist, and you got the theological chops to kind of back it up, and you, you you tell it straight in your music. So, how did you come to do this? Um, actually, um, I actually uh, when I first when uh, when God started just really dealing with me on, of course, like the gospel and um, stuff like that, I actually um, was in Word of Faith. And uh, that was the churches that I was familiar with, the you know, the popular teachers like Creflo and uh, Kenneth Copeland and stuff like that. And um, just by God's grace, man, a friend of mine, Ivy, who I work with as well, um, one day, man, we were just actually just going through the Bible, and uh, we started noticing things that really had us question our faith and had us really like, we don't even want to go to church because we were just confused. Uh, we were asking people around like, hey, you know, uh, the Bible says this, but, you know, so-and-so's preaching this, and they were like, well, you're just young in the faith, you're just, you know, you think everything's heresy, or you think everything is, you know, you're too nitpicky, stuff like that, and so we kind of just rubbed it off, and as we just began to read more and more scripture, uh, we began to see that uh, what we had been taught was uh, was false, and the Holy Spirit was pretty much dealing with us with, through the scriptures. Um, this was before, uh, you know, I knew who John MacArthur or R.C. Sproul or any of those guys were, and uh, just by God's grace, man, we just kept studying to the point where we actually started witnessing what we were learning, like election, um, you know, um, predestination, uh, stuff like that. We actually started uh, talking to people about it, and, uh, you know, the churches they were going to, and people were like, oh, you know, you guys are Calvinists, or you guys are reformed. We didn't know at the time what it was. I heard of Calvinism, uh-huh. but I never actually knew what it entailed. I'm just like, okay, it's just another denomination, you know, Baptist, you know, Kojic, whatever. And so... uh just by God's grace, man, we just kept growing in it until one day we uh, we actually met a guy uh, named Aaron Wilson who, uh, you know, who actually went to a Reformed church, and he was like, hey, man, you know, my church is Reformed, and we were like, yeah, right, you know, uh, no no church is sound around here, and then um, and then by God's grace, we started, he started to give us stuff like, check out R.C. Sproul, check out MacArthur, check out Steve Lawson, and uh, we just started uh, listening to those guys, and it started confirming what God had already showed us in the scripture, right. and then just by God's grace, um, I had I was on a, a, a Christian uh, label at the time, um, 
And uh, me and the uh, CEO, I uh, pretty much was letting them know my views, and then it was like we, we, it was apparent that we were, would no longer be able to work together because of doctrinal differences. And um, just man, by God's grace, man, um, after that, I just I just was like, well, I know the truth. I have to put it in the music, you know. Um, right. I have to let people know that this is what's going on, especially me coming out of that darkness and knowing the danger of it, knowing how deceived I was and how zealous I was for the lie. Uh, a bunch of lies I definitely wanted to start putting in, in music. And so that's pretty much how I became reformed. So you you were um you had you had a run in, you know, kind of a confrontation with uh, one of the executives on the music Christian music label that you were recording on. Yes. Wow. Um that that <laughs> I'm sorry, but that kind of says a lot. Um, you know, what is it that a Christian music company is producing if they're not producing Christian music, when you confront them with sound biblical doctrine regarding the gospel and and the word of faith heresy, and and you have to part ways, what does that tell us about the state of Christian music right now? Yeah, it tells us it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty yeah. bad. Okay, so um, all right, so you spent time in word of faith. You and Ivy started questioning what you were hearing. And uh, and and so the reform guys, you know, kind of gave you the fuller meat of the skeleton that you were finding in scripture, so to speak. Yes. Okay. Now, um, I I kind of digressing here, but uh, I saw the video that uh, Ivy uh, released last week um, with, with you, and he was featuring you. I, I noticed that you guys kind of you you release your things, and then you feature each other on each other's albums, and you guys. Uh, in the video, the music video, it, it looks like you took a road trip to uh, Creflo, uh, Creflo Dollars Church as well as uh, Bishop. Should I say King Eddie Long or the former King Eddie Long? Because I think he abdicated the throne after he yes. was scroll wrapped. So he's the former King Eddie Long, but you went to his church and uh, you you guys recorded your music video outside of those uh, those congregations. And it looks like the police were called on you. Tell tell us a little bit about what happened with you and Ivy and uh, at uh, was it uh, Eddie Long's church? Yes, uh, yes, we went to um, we we went to Atlanta. Uh, we went up there to uh, we had actually we went up there to do a whole bunch of stuff. So it wasn't just shoot a video. Uh, we actually um, went to my uh, uh, one of my friends. His wife died, so we were also up there, uh, you know, attending the funeral uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, doing some other things among that, but uh, yeah, we ended up shooting shooting a video called uh, the song is called "What Am I to Do?" It's off Ivy's album, The Justice System, uh-huh. and uh, pretty much, uh, you know, the song, of course, is talking about you know how you have a bunch of people that say, "Well, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't call out people by name, you shouldn't judge others," and uh, kind of like how we came to the reform faith is like, should I listen to what you're saying or should I listen to what the Bible is saying? Like, tell me what what I should listen to, and so. Uh, at the end of Ivy's song, he's calling out a whole bunch of names. And so we were like, hey, man, it would be tight to shoot a video since our friend Marcus lives in Atlanta. And we were like, we know some popular heretical teachers that teach damnable doctrine. And we're like, it would be a great thing to go in front of their churches and expose them and hopefully witness to a few people along the way. And so that's what we did. We went to Creflo's church and uh, we went to Eddie Long's church. And, um, you know, we filmed the video and like the security guards, they called the cops and stuff like that. But we ended up witnessing to the cop, the security guard, and, you know, whoever else came out there in love. 
And, uh, you know, by God's grace, we, we knew our rights as far as being on public property. Uh-huh. Because uh, we were, like, in front of the church, but we weren't actually on the grounds. Right. Um, so, like, you couldn't see in the video, we were actually on the sidewalks. Right. So, like, it was technically nothing they could do about it. So the cop came, and he was just like, you know, if you guys could, could you leave, you know, uh, stuff like that, just to forsake a piece. And then we let them know, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we can't move. We need to film this footage, and then we'll get out your way and stuff like that. So it was a good time, man, by God's grace. So despite the fact that you were on the sidewalk, which is public property, the security guard there still called the cops, and they still tried to get you, you know, out from in front of uh, the church so that you couldn't shoot your music video. Yes, yeah, actually it was even crazier because uh, it was actually, we were down by the church. It's actually like the way Eddie Long's church is. Like there's this big long street that goes from a neighborhood Mm -hmm. and it goes kind of like a down a hill and then you're at his church. So we were actually in front of his church and then we actually, you know, they was like, you can't be here. So we actually moved down into where there's actually like houses and it's a regular neighborhood and they have like a big sign that shows Eddie Long's church. It says New Birth and it has like the little emblem. Uh-huh. And um, the security guard came down there and harassed us, you know, so we were no longer in front of the church. We were like, it had to be, uh, I would say, uh, almost the length of a football field. Uh, that we were away from his church. And uh, the security guard came down there in his truck, and he was like, you guys can't be here, this, this, and that. And uh, he was harassing us and stuff like that. So, uh, and, you know, we let him know, like, uh, we were going to stay. And so he wasn't leaving, and so he was like, he was going to call the cops. And so we said, you know, go ahead, call him. Uh, we know our rights. And so since he stayed there, we ended up just rapping. And with the, the lyrics we were rapping, we were making sure that it was loud enough to where he could hear uh-huh. and uh, stuff like that. So that's pretty much what ended up happening. Wow. Again, you know, I'm I, I, I'm just like blown away by the story because n- now we got two stories that you know one is bad, okay? You know that you had you came to theological blows with a with an executive from a Christian music label over the word faith heresy. And and then you were harassed by a security guard and police officers on public property uh, filming a music video, uh, which yes. which is filled with sound biblical theology and doctrine, and yes. these guys don't want you to do that. Um, man, it, it you know it's it's just one of those things where it's kind of surreal. You know the 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 story says so much, which then kind of segues into uh, this album that you've uh, released today. It's called The Narrow Road Famine. What's the premise behind the album, and how is it that James White and Phil Johnson are on this album? <laughs> um, the album is pretty much, uh, the content on the album is uh, it's pretty much is dealing with um, uh, Amos 8 and 11, uh, which talks about God in the last days of sin of famine, uh, not of uh, food or drink, but of his word. And, uh, you know, of course, people will look for the word and won't be able to find it. And so I pretty much uh, I felt like that was applicable to today. And um, I heard a sermon by Steve Lawson called Famine in the Land. Right. And, um, and I was really encouraged, like, man, like, this is something I need to address. Uh, because I actually had a, my, my first reformed album was called The Narrow Road. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I you know, I, of course, kind of did what I did on this album, but it was more like, I didn't really know too much, but I knew enough that stuff was false. So I was just kind of like saying stuff was false, but I wasn't clarifying as much as I could have as why it's false and this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. But um, as I uh, grew, man, I was just like, man, like this stuff really needs to be addressed. And kind of like you said earlier with the music industry, 
the, the sad part about it is what I do, like I can't honestly say there are too many people that are actually just 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 putting black and white in the music like this is the gospel this is not what it is mm-hmm. this is right this is wrong they kind of like more beat around the bush uh and, and and this is including a lot of reform rappers but anyway um the album uh is just dealing with uh how god has pretty much hid his word from most of these uh religious organizations mm-hmm. and so it's dealing with that and um james white uh long story short um i got him on the album he was actually on my last album Strangers and Pilgrims, and uh, we actually met through IV uh, because IV had an album called Election, and there's a guy on there named Daniel Izzo who sounds like almost exactly like James White, and so some of James White's friends were like, "Hey man, you know, we heard you on a rap album." And he was like, "Uh, like, what are you talking about?" And so James White went and listened to it, and he emailed IV and was like, "You know, I've been preaching for years, so if this is me, you know, what sermon is it from?" But regardless of the way, I love that. I love the, song. and so. And so um, people keep calling. <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, That's all right. Where was that? Okay. Yeah. And and so um, he, I get this email from IV. It was like, hey, you know, if you don't mind, you know, I'm doing this album called Strangers and Pilgrims. Could you, you know, get up? Ali did it. Uh, he loved the content. And so uh, IV pretty much did that with his new album, Justice System. And I was like, he would be perfect to get on the album um, for this famine. And so that's how that happened. And then uh, just Phil Johnson as well. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Dustin, had been talking back and forth with Phil Johnson. And so I was like, hey, man, you know, uh, what's his email? I want to ask him, you know, since him and James White are friends, uh, and since he deals with this type of stuff, uh, you know, with his Power Maniacs blog and stuff, I said, I think this would be perfect to put him um, on the album. And then he, uh, you know, he was willing to do that. And so that was, uh, you know, a blessing as well. Yeah. So that's how they got on the album. Okay. Well, I I gotta tell you, I was shocked when uh, when IV on on that song you guys just released. I gave a shout out to a little eleven dot com, which is actually my website. I'm the curator of the Museum of Idolatry at a little eleven, and I was my jaw was on the floor when uh, okay. when he gave a shout out, uh, you know, to a little eleven. It that's that's a tough site to work on because uh, uh, it it you know. <laughs> You spend you spend a lot of time wading through this kind of stuff, and it can get you pretty depressed. But yeah. you know, I I've been trying over the years to use a little leaven to document and chronicle the continual slide into just rank apostasy that's uh, been taking place in so many of the mega churches in the United States, and so many of the young church plants and church planters want to be like. Uh, they want to be like Eddie Long. They want to be like Rick Warren. They want to be like Bill Hybels. They want to be like uh, Perry Noble and all these other guys. And and the one exactly. thing they all have in common is is that uh, biblically they are blind. And there was a yep. li- there was a line in one of your uh, uh, of one of the uh, tracks on your album where you basically said, uh, you know, I'm not judging you. You're already condemned. Yeah. And uh, so you know it's. It's it's very frustrating, and at the same time, it's encouraging to see that God is uh, rescuing people like yourself and IV out of these churches, and that uh, you, you you know that you're circling back and preaching the truth boldly, clearly, and I would even say lovingly, because I don't see anything loving about not telling somebody that they're heading to hell. And, exactly. You know, I, I'm sure you've been called a hater a few times. Yeah, uh, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, um, one thing I've noticed, man, is that uh, you know when you stand for truth, 
um, by God's grace, um, people when they can't refute what you're saying, they're either they're either try to attack your character mm-hmm. and 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 try to you know try to find a way to say you're not living what you're preaching, or they'll try to attack your motives and say, well, you're just doing this to blow up, or you're just doing this to to uh, you know uh, just for the spotlight. But I have a line on my album where I say pretty much like, if I'm doing this to blow up, then I need to stop because I'm doing a horrible job. Right. You know, like, you know, I, I'm not out there award shows. I'm not, I'm not making, you know, thousands of dollars. I'm not doing none of that stuff, but yet, so why am I doing this? You know, it's not for, to, to get a spotlight. And, and it's definitely in the Christian world, if you want to uh, make it big, you know, you don't go against the norm. You go with the flow of everything. You know, you don't go against it because then you just look like a, uh, you know, an outcast. You just look crazy. Right. Well, you know, so that, if I if I was trying to do that, I would definitely do like everybody else and just say Jesus and and take everything out of context, or you know, even preach a little bit of stuff, but not really tell people the truth about what's going on. Right. Well, the one thing, it, it, the one thing that I like about your album, and I, and I mean this, I mean it, it absolutely is just refreshing. It's like a, it's it is a breath of fresh air. Is that so much of Christian music that that I've heard over the past few years? In fact, I've almost completely given up on anything that claims to be Christian because. I would rather I I would rather listen to rank paganism put out by Van Halen than a heresy that blasphemes the name of God. Uh, and exactly. y- y- you understand what I'm saying? At least with Van Halen, I know what I'm getting. You know, it's exactly. it's celebrating paganism, but these people are using the name of my Lord and Savior to preach a different gospel, to teach mysticism and bizarre things like that. So the one thing that I really like about your album is that it's totally countercultural. It's countercultural the way Christian music should be countercultural. Uh, it's it you stand out, you know, you, literally you stand out like a sore thumb. You you are in your face, almost uh, you know, prophet style, you know, Old Testament. I'm not saying you're a prophet, uh, but but yeah. but, you, but you understand what I'm saying. It's like yeah. there there's some tracks on this album that are hard to listen to. And the reason why they're hard to listen to is because everything you're saying is true and you're not trying to candy coat it. You're not trying to sugarcoat it. If anything, you found, you found ways of speaking about this in a way that are succinct and in your face. And at the same time, use language of the current culture, you know, which, which ironically is the thing that all of those guys are trying to do, but I don't think they do it very well. You know, my favorite line that you have is, is that somebody who denies the Trinity is rolling with the enemy. It's like, man, I wish I could have come up with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was for the, yeah, the, the, the whole elephant room thing with the, with the TD Jakes and, and just yeah. that, that whole, that whole charade. Yeah. Now, have you seen the video where Eddie Long was crowned king? Yes, I actually I had the uh, unfortunate uh, <laughs> the waste of air, a waste of time uh, watching that video. Yeah, so I lost I lost about six minutes of my life watching that video. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I I had to watch it a couple of times, and then I played it on my program just to you know to make things worse. But did you know they did that to Paula White too? Yes, I I do know that. We covered that story last week where Paula White tried to distance herself, you know, and say that that she you know yeah we we got the video and everything. But um, yeah. he, here's the thing that really 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 bothers me. And, um, you know, in, in, in the American context, I mean, race 
politics is a big deal, okay? And the thing that really, really troubles me, you know, with the Eddie Long video and people like Paula White is I feel like these guys are preying on, financially preying on and uh, living off of uh, lying to the black community. And it was so hard to see all of these people watching Eddie Long be crowned king. And I, and I, my heart just broke because it's like, this is worse, you know, and I, I'm not going to be politically correct here. I'm just going to say it straight. This is worse than any slavery that the United States had in effect prior to the Civil War. This is spiritual slavery that leads people to hell. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, worse than uh, child molestation. It's worse than anything because now you're molesting the word. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, yeah, definitely the black community, um, because uh, blacks, I know, like a lot of us, we're all about emotion and we're all about entitlement. We feel like God owes us something. Mm. It's like we feel like the government or, you know, because of history and slavery, we feel like, you know, Asians owe us something. Or that that's kind of like the mindset of people, especially when they're not saved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the mindset of entitlement. Like I'm owed something, you know, like I'm I'm being so-called persecuted for my skin color and I'm owed uh, you know, this or God has to do this for me. Uh, it's not just blacks too, but, but, but I definitely see a huge, uh, emotional, uh, I don't even know what the word, uh, but I see a huge emotional, uh, that's what a lot of them like Jake's and, and Long and those guys use, they use emotion to, uh, and, and they could say, you know, they could say two plus two is four, but just do it emotionally and people will start running around the building. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's some new revelation, but they're saying what everybody knows already, but just the way they say it, it'll just have people in a, in a trance. Hmm. So, you know, that's a piece of this that I, I don't think I quite understood or maybe still don't understand. But So what you're saying is, is that in, in the black community, there is an emotional feeling, a, a cultural current that basically says, I'm owed something. And so along come these... Uh, uh, religious snake oil salesmen, and are, are are they literally just manipulating that and playing that in order to build these little empires to themselves? Uh, yeah, I believe I believe for the most part, I believe they know what they're doing. There might be a few of them that are ignorant, that are just you know, it's what they were taught, and then God just allowed them to just get worse and worse. But for the most part, I believe they know what they're doing. Okay. I believe a lot of these guys, because some of them have went to seminary, they know the theological truths. Uh, you know, a lot of them preach, like I've even met pastors here where me and Avi have confronted face-to-face on the issue of tithing in Malachi and trying mm-hmm. to tell people to curse with a curse and trying to keep the congregation under bondage. And we've actually given them the truth, and they went back and studied and, and have even come back and told us, you know what, you're right, uh, the Bible, the New Testament doesn't speak on tithing or we're not commanded to tithe, but I can't tell my congregation that. You know, we've had pastors actually tell us that to our face. Wow. You know, that I can't tell, and I'm not going to tell my congregation that. So I believe a lot of them know. They just know that the people are um, ignorant. And, um, you know, and if you're an atheist, uh, like if I was an atheist, that would be the perfect job. Like all you have to do is read a book and people don't study, so you can just say anything and take it out of context. But I have a line on my album that says, uh, uh, you can tell they want it, that's why they're seeking it, talking about riches. I said these bishops know they want it, that's why they're teaching it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, the, the, the false teachers, they're the ones that are the um, the heavy influencers, but it's the people, how the Bible says, they, they heap teachers after themselves. So 
It's not like Eddie Long and them go looking for members. These members go looking for them. Okay, so they're just they're okay. Wow, that's interesting. So these people go looking for them because they're teaching the message they want to hear. Exactly, they have itching ears. So it's not like Creflo. They don't have to do evangelism. It's just people. They people know what they want. Their heart is deceitfully wicked. Right, and they go out and they hear a message by Eddie Long, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's." That's that's what I want, and then they go and they join and they spread the message, and they go bring other. How Jesus said, you know, you you go uh, find a proselyte and make them twofold the son of hell as you are. Right. And so that's what these people do. They go and they recruit, like like how you said like earlier about how you rather listen to guys worshiping doing paganism than than actually guys profiting off of Jesus. Right. And it's just like these guys as well. It's like you go find a prostitute off the street and you say, hey, you know, you're a prostitute. They'll say, okay, you're right, but and you know, but at least they know they're sinners. But you talk to these people that go to Creflo Church, and you, hey, you know, you're in sin for supporting this guy, for for going to this church, for believing his doctrine. They can't receive it because they're 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 doubly blind. Right. You know, now they're in religion, and before they knew they were in sin, now they think they're in right standing with God when they're not. And so uh, it makes it way harder to uh, to even reach these type of people. And so when they go out and get more people, it's like once they get in these cults and these dens of uh, demons. It's like, I mean, what do you do? Right. So let me ask you this, uh, you know, because you, you've you've come out the back end of uh, of you know, like a word faith church. Are are you in contact with any, any people who've who've been just disenchanted with the word faith message and attended these types of churches and uh, and have left not for theological grounds, but because ultimately it just dead ends? You said, am I in contact with some of the people that are still in it or that were in it? That were in it. Um, yeah, actually, um, I have a lot of young people, young brothers that go to my church that actually, um, you know, they've either through my music or talking to them in person and or going to different churches and preaching the gospel uh, have actually uh, come into the knowledge of, of the doctrines of grace. Right. And are actually at my church now. And then there's a few others that go to different churches, but... Me and Avi, man, we've done like a lot of evangelism out here, just telling people the truth and making a distinction. And uh, it's usually hardly a, ever a time that we don't, uh, where we witness to somebody and don't warn them about these churches, because the last thing we want to do is, you know, witness to you, and then you go join Creflo's church, right? Because you're convicted, and now you're, you know, what I'm saying. So we like, hey, we let them know, like, this is the truth, this is the gospel. At the same time, this is what also Jesus said. Look what he said about these buildings, and look what he said about doctrine. And so we always let them know, like, hey, if they start t- talking to you about money, and a lot of the crazy thing is a lot of the sinners already know this stuff. They know, like, man, that stuff, you know, that's one of the reasons why a lot of these people don't go to church is because they're like, it's all about hypocrisy, it's all about money, it's all about, you know, just a circus. And so when you tell them, like, hey, this is what Jesus said they do, they're like, what? What else did Jesus say? You know, so, um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so I keep in contact with a lot of, uh, even some that are still in it, that are still battling, I keep contact with some of them too. Oh right. my God's grace as well. Right. Yeah. See, one of one of the things I've noticed, and you know, you know, the one I I kind of focus on the seeker driven uh, movement, but I've noticed that the seeker driven churches are are moving towards, and they're in some cases, you know, meshing with, uh, you know, these these word of faith, you know, guys. And what's interesting yeah. to me is is that one of the 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 kind of the dirty little secrets that a lot of people don't know about the seeker driven movement in these mega churches is that like the average amount of time that somebody spends in a seeker driven mega church 
uh, uh, let's say you know you're a family and you respond to a uh, a postcard that you received in the mail inviting you to come to a service that is supposed to teach you about finding your purpose or how to improve your marriage or things like that. If you if you start attending that church, the average amount of time that you're going to be there is only going to be just a little bit short of three years, and after that, you leave and you don't yeah. end up anywhere. And my yeah. my big concern for the folks that are in the churches like Creflo Dollars and Eddie Longs and Paula Whites and and Cindy Trims and TD Jakes is that you know, my suspicion would be that there's a pretty big back door in those congregations too, and yeah. uh, and the reason I would say I would suspect that is is because when it comes down to it, life is hard. Uh, there, there's a lot of pain and suffering that goes along with life here on this planet because we're all under the curse because of our sin. And so I can't see somebody staying long-term in these congregations for the sheer fact, number one, it's expensive. Um, I mean, you know, 10% off the gross of what you earn, and that's just your minimum. You have to, if you want, if if you want miracles on top of it, you have to give an offering. Uh, Um, but on top of it is is that when things don't go your way, when when the doctor says, I'm sorry, but uh, you have permanent uh, nerve damage as a result of that last thing, or you're in a car accident and you lose a leg, or you, you have a child who's born with a, with, with a problem, or, you, yeah. you, you know, or something like that, that eventually you're going to say, come on, God, I jumped through all the hoops that my pastor told me to jump through, and I wrote all the checks that I was supposed to write, and you still didn't come through. I didn't get my miracle. My destiny isn't what I expected it to be. Exactly. And at at that point, they either blame themselves or blame God. And um, I just can't see that this is a, something that people can stay in for the long term. Well, you know, you know what's um, you know what's so sad about that. I see two things. Um, you know, of course, we know that God and His sovereignty, He pulls. You know, He pulls His people. If His elect are in there, He's going to pull them out. Mm-hmm. But what I see is two things that are sad. Like like what you said, it is true. There's a lot of people that. Um, we'll see that this stuff is a sham, and they'll just totally abandon, you know, their 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 faith in 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 God or anything. They'll just be like, well, God can't be real, or at least Christianity can't be real. But I've seen two main things. One is that because these people love, you know, how it says even Second Thessalonians, how they refuse to love the truth, so He gave them over to a strong delusion. Yep. I see a lot of that in these churches too, where God will allow them to prosper. And they're thinking it's God, but it's actually uh, uh, God condemning them, not blessing them. And so God will allow these people to stay deceived, and 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 they'll sow supposed seeds, and, and they'll see stuff happen, and and you know they'll say, you know, give a thousand for this, and they'll be like, they'll actually have real testimonies of, hey, I gave a thousand, and then you know somebody gave me a free house or just anything, God, and and God just doing that, hardening their hearts and and, and allowing them to believe a lie wow. rather than the truth. And uh, what I've also seen, uh, which is even crazier, is one thing I know about being in Word of Faith, they'll brainwash you to the point of positive confession where you could be in a cardboard box and you wouldn't care because you would be confessing that you're the righteousness of Christ, that you're the head not to tell, you're the lender not the borrower. You know, uh, I'm in a mansion. Like, I don't see no cardboard box. I see a mansion. They'll have you that brainwashed to where you'll never admit your situation. Wow, you know, and you're always, you're always, you know, you could have cancer. I'm not dying. I shall live forever. I, you know, I've I've heard some of the craziest things. Mm-hmm. I've seen it even in my life. You know, before I uh, uh, actually came to the reform faith. I mean, there were times where 
I, I, you know, I would want to take aspirin and I would feel like I was in sin because I'm like, I'm not trusting God. Like I shouldn't have a headache. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have a, a cold or a strep throat or, you know, it could be anything, um, you know, and, I, and I'm refusing to take medicine because I'm like, no, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm not going to allow Satan to, to, you know, and I'm already sick. So it's like, why not confess it? I mean, you're already sick, but they'll, they'll, they'll brainwash you to the point where it doesn't matter what it looks like. You're going to confess the opposite of what's really going on. You know, this this sounds a lot like the uh, the mind science cults. You know, Mary Baker Eddy and Christian Science, uh, you know, yeah. kind of run amok. And uh, yeah. you know, I remember when I was in, uh, you know, when I was studying theology at Concordia, Irvine, you know, uh, one of my mentors, uh, his, uh, the, it's the late Dr. Walter Martin, but I remember him, yeah. t- you know, I was listening to a lecture of his and, and uh, he told a joke about, uh, how he, you know, basically, how can you tell, you know, a, a Christian scientist is in hell, you know, you know, and he says, yeah. well, the Christian scientist is the one who's off in the corner of hell saying to themselves, I'm not here. I'm not here. Yeah. I'm not here. That, you know, wow. you know, it, it sounds that, I mean, it sounds like the same. That's where it comes from. Okay. You so... know, um, like, uh, you know, like some of the early word of faith fathers, I think that's what they call them. Um, like even with, uh, Oral Roberts and them guys. And uh, even uh, Kenneth Hagin, you know, they, they, you know, he pretty much hijacked E.W. Kenyon, right? You know, and um, that's where a lot of the, the the cults and the and the, the the demonic worship, and that's where a lot of this stuff come. They just infused it, and they just put it in. They just dressed it up in in, in Christian lingo, right? But that's all it is. It's, it's a cult with the name Jesus. You know, it's, it's just adding Jesus on top instead of saying, "Hey, we worship the star, or the moon, or the sun, or we worship," you know, or, you know, whatever. They just add Jesus on top of it right? Um, to draw people in. And so that's pretty much what it is, man. And so many people are deceived um, by that. And that's why even like uh, the Whitney Houston funeral, man, like I was so grieved when I saw that the other day, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and this is why it bothers me when I hear so much, uh, especially the Christian rappers, when they're bashing the world and they're always talking about how wrong the world is and you're doing this and you're going to hell. We know that's true and we should tell them the truth. Uh, but we should also have a lot more compassion, and we should hold the, the so-called Christians accountable because a lot of these celebrities, you got to remember, they're millionaires, and so when they feel convicted of sin or they feel like, you know, they have a church upbringing and they want to get right with God, the first person they're going to go to is a Jake's or yeah. a Creflo Dollar yeah. or Eddie Long, and these men are going to lie to them and tell them that everything is okay. I've seen it even on TV where Eddie Long was pretty much, he was talking to Keisha Cole, and uh, even he had invited uh, T.I., which is a, a gangster rapper, and pretty much was telling them everything was okay. Wow. You know, uh, and so uh, stuff like that is like, you know, these celebrities, they're, they're even this word of faith stuff, it, it's, even, um, it's even plaguing not only just the church, but even just the people who are not even religious when they want to get right with the Lord, and they see this stuff, and they're like, well, I can keep living in sin because God wants my goal. This is, you know, as long as I'm going to church or giving tithes and everything is cool. And so it's, 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 it's pretty much affecting the whole world. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. And All right, we are going to pause my interview with uh, Jovan McKenzie right there, and we're going to pay some bills. If you would like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address, talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can ask to be my friend on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian, or you can follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Pirate Christian. We will be right back.
No itching ears are scratched here. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Pirate Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. It's... Monty Python's Flying Circus Church. of Marty Python's Flying Circus Church would like to again apologize. Normally, we try to do parody here at Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. Unfortunately, the church continues to just parody itself. Case in point, Rabbi Michael Zeitler's anointed shofar CD. This is a real commercial. When Rabbi Michael Zeitler blows the shofar, miracles take place. He wants to see God break every stronghold of the enemy in your life, healing you emotionally, physically, even in your relationships, bringing salvation to your entire household. Call now and receive both Rabbi Michael Zeitler's anointed audio CD, Sound of the Shofar, plus his brand new prophetic book, Why Israel is Supernatural, for a donation of $25. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9081. Listen to this anointed audio CD. Allow God's glory to fill the room as Rabbi Zeitler shares from the scriptures and then blows the shofar over every issue you are facing, including mental and emotional disorders, confusion, fear, stress, grief, nightmares, insomnia, pain, sickness and disease, addictions, eating disorders, weight loss, injustices, persecution, finances, marriages, rebellious children, freedom from the occult and demonic oppression, and so much more. Through Rabbi Zeitler's brand new prophetic book, Why Israel is Supernatural, you will learn how you and your family can obtain supernatural protection in the midst of the end time judgments about to be unleashed on planet earth don't miss out on getting both rabbi michael zeitler's anointed audio cd sound of the shofar plus his brand new prophetic book why israel is supernatural for a donation of 25 dollars, shipping and handling is included ask for offer number 9081 call or write today Keep more of your money in your pocket. Hi, Chris Roseborough here. If you're planning to travel anytime in the near future, then don't pay more for airfare, hotel rooms, or rental cars than you need to. Longtime Pirate Christian Radio featured advertiser Cheap O Air can save you a Tijuana taxi load of money on all of your travel needs. Plus, Cheap O Air has a seasonal promotional code for all of our listeners that will save you an additional $10 off of Cheap O Air's already low prices. Visit piratechristianradio.com forward slash cheap, write down the promo code, and then click on the banner, and then book your travel today. Again, that's piratechristianradio.com forward slash cheap. We're back. Warning. These false teachers are not men of God. They're not anointed. They're 
rolling with the enemy. That's Jovan's line. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith, this is listener-supported radio. That means that we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us financially by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. And when you get there, you will see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate, the other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you're signing up to automatically contribute $6.95 every month to the ongoing work and mission of Fighting for the Faith and Pirate Christian Radio. And keep in mind, we can't do what we do without your help. And so those those of you who are supporting us, I don't say it enough, but thank you. Thank you for making it possible to keep for us to keep doing what we're doing here. And, of course, if you'd like to specify the amount that you would like to contribute, click on the Donate button or make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 508 Fishers, Indiana, zip code 46038. All right, here is the balance of my uh, interview, my conversation with Jovan McKenzie. Here we go. So many churches, they look at these megachurch pastors who are teaching this false doctrine, and they automatically equate the numbers of people who show up at these large churches as proof that God is blessing them. But, But if God were blessing them, then wouldn't be wouldn't people being be brought to repentance of their f- sins and trust in their crucified and risen Savior for the forgiveness of their sins, rather than uh, changing the gospel message to God wants you rich, sow your seed and and you know and live your destiny or whatever you know and you know you talk about Mercedes Benzes and things like that. I mean, it, yeah. I mean these people are literally using the bright, shiny objects of the world and wrapping them in in quid pro quo language that God wants you to have these things just jump through these hoops. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much what it is, man. Like, even like the rich young ruler, you know, he didn't have a problem seeking eternal life. He just wanted his riches with it. <laughs> right. You know, if he had to give up his riches, he's pretty much like, it's not worth eternal life if I lose my riches. Right. You know, but if I can have, oh, if I can, if you can show me how to have eternal life and keep, uh, and keep doing everything I've been doing and I'm fine. You know, his problem wasn't, you know, seeking Christ. His problem was seeking Christ and letting go of his past or, or his present and everything that he had. And that's what you have in a lot of these churches. They have no problem, uh, being religious. They just want their lifestyle involved with it too. They just want a Jesus who's okay. He just wants people in heaven so bad. He just lets you do anything. You know, he's like one of those parents that, you know, your kids run around and do anything, they curse, and, and you know, how some kids beat up their parents. The parents are just, as long as their kids are happy, you know, they'll take any type of abuse, and that's the type of Jesus they serve. Wow. Yeah, that that's, I think you're right. You know, I I, I describe their God as, uh, as kind of the senile old grandpa with the uh, butterscotch in his pocket who <laughs> likes to hand out candy and pat the kids on the head despite the fact that they're all hooligans and... And yeah. just f- flat out evil. Yeah, that, that's him. That's him. Yeah, like Paul Washer said, get get rid of this guy. He can do nothing for you. <laughs> he's lame. He's not sovereign. He's yeah. he's senile. You know? Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't punish a fly. I mean, I mean, you know, good night. It's not the God that I that has revealed Himself in Scripture. At least the God that they're uh, describing. And he's so. I mean, he's got his hands tied. It always cracks me up when one of these uh, word faith or prosperity teachers sit there and say oh god wants to bless you well if he's yeah. sovereign then he can get a, he can get on with it you know <laughs> you know yeah, he, yeah, yeah. 
you know, why does he need my money to bless me? Come on. I mean, if he's a sovereign God and he's all powerful, then, you know, and he wants to bless me, who's going to stop him, you know? Yeah. But see, they make man, they make man sovereign and they make, they make God, he's just a servant. You know, yeah. he's just a genie in a bottle that, um, you know, like I said, he's just so lonely and he just wants man so bad that pretty much is up to man. Like, I think it was even, uh, I think it was Kenneth Copeland or Jesse Duplantis, one of them that said that God, you know, once, once Adam and Eve sinned and Satan pretty much had control of the world, they said that God, the whole time he was like pacing back and forth, like worried or anxious, looking for a way in to get, to get permission into the earth because God couldn't get into the earth without access from a human. What? And so God finally lucked, lucked up and found, found Abraham. And because, you know, he found Abraham and Abraham had faith, he was like, yes, now I can you know, send my son, but I, I couldn't do it unless I found a man who would actually believe what I was saying. Something, something to that extreme. I think it was even worse than the way I'm describing it. But, oh, man. you know, stuff like that, it just really shows uh, just the heart of uh, of man. That That's crazy. That's, that's I mean, what a completely powerless and inept God. And I mean, and there's no passages that even say anything like that. But the point that you brought up was actually a, a, a brilliant point. And that is, is that their theology makes man sovereign. You know, yeah. I, I think it was Augustine who was the one who originally said that uh, that man has a God-shaped hole in his heart. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a kind of a concept that that Augustine. But I I think these guys have twisted everything around so that uh, God has a man-shaped hole in his heart, and you know, he's the one wringing his hands, and and he's the one powerless, waiting for us to exercise our sovereign free will so that uh, God can at least get a you know a, a toehold on the planet and or in our lives and that's absolutely preposterous yeah yeah that's their God they serve and they believe and um you know they, they just ignore not only is the prosperity gospel is not only blasphemy towards Christ and it makes the gospel not about Christ alone but Christ and something it's not not that he can give you himself but it's what he can give you of this world which right. is temporal but it's also a spit in the face to all the um, the people in church history who died for the faith, who died passing down the scriptures. Not only that, but our brothers and sisters overseas who are persecuting now. Yeah, you know, like uh, uh, you know, uh, the Voice of the Martyrs, that whole organization, the underground churches. Uh, it, it's pretty much to, to preach that type of gospel. You have to say that God does not love those people. Yeah, yeah. You know, these people they might not come out their mouth and say it, but that's exactly what they're saying is that they're not saved. God doesn't love them. They're suffering because they don't understand scripture. They don't know God, and, and that's what you have to imply, you know, that Jesus, uh, you know, somehow he forgot to, to bless them, you know, and, and, they're, and they're, they're cursed. You have to imply that to preach that this nonsense, uh, the prosperity gospel. Yeah, you know, what's funny is is that, you know, if, if, if you believe their theology, you have to literally think that the Apostle Paul was the biggest rube of all of Christian history. Um, and they do. They do. They, uh, they do? Uh, Paula White. Yeah, Paula White. Um she said, uh, she said one of the most uh, asinine statements I've ever heard. She said Paul didn't understand hermeneutics. Really? Yeah, and she said Paul was uh, the uh, was a boring preacher because you remember in Acts when the kids fell out, I think he fell out the tree or the window, yep. and he and he died. He and he said like pretty much uh, if you can't preach a sermon in thirty minutes or less, you're not a good preacher. And uh, Paul was preaching all day because he really couldn't articulate what he was trying to say, and so the boy got aboard and fell asleep. And also Fred Price, uh, he has a book called Why Should Christians Suffer, uh, pretty much implying that we shouldn't. And he says, well, when Paul talked about his thorn, 
he pretty much reinvented the whole scenario and was saying this is what God was probably telling him. He pretty much said, you know, uh, Paul suffered, but because not because God wanted him to, but because Paul was ignorant. So, you so know, he didn't understand the authority Christ gave him, and so he suffered uh, when he didn't have to. Oh and my. when Jesus said, "My grace is sufficient," with the he wasn't saying that he was going to leave him in that state. He was saying, "I've given you all the tools to get out of it yourself." Wow, that's so, what he wrote in his book. So Why when the Christian suffer. So when the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians eleven says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one." Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, at night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own country people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food and in cold and exposure, and apart from the other things, is a daily pressure on me, the anxiety for all the churches. So when he gives that little litany... That that what he's really doing here is showing that he didn't understand that all he had to do was to you know create a new reality with his words and and exactly. he was completely uh, he was a country bumpkin in a rube. Exactly, that's exactly what they say. Holy smokes! He was he was ignorant and uh, uh, he didn't he didn't understand his authority in Christ and he didn't really understand what what was what was done for him so he just settled. <laughs> wow. That's what they teach. And so then the Christians, who, you know, like Polycarp, who's burned at the stake in Smyrna, or uh, you, know, you know, the Christians who were literally zipped up in, in animal skins and fed to the lions, all of that was because they just didn't understand what the real message was. Exactly, because of ignorance. Oh, wow. Yep, yep, they'll tell you that because of ignorance. And even uh, with that, uh, this is kind of different, but it's kind of the same as far as people saying that happened because of ignorance, uh, you have even what they call, I know a lot of people might not be familiar with it, but pretty much like you have uh, Mark Driscoll, um, and I don't know how deep he is in it, but if you go on Wikipedia and type in New Calvinism, it's pretty much, they pretty much say the same thing, like, uh, but not so much in blessings, but as far as just preaching the truth, like if you do what I do, you're looked at as old Calvinism, and you're looked at as like, okay, well, you're suffering, but you shouldn't have to. Like, the reason people don't like you is not because you're preaching truth, but it's because you're not using wisdom and just making friends with people and just covering up the truth. But since you're just telling people how it is, you're wrong, and therefore you're suffering because you're ignorant. That's pretty much uh, what New Calvinism uh, is all about, and that's why you see the elephant room. See, it's, it's not wisdom to go to the elephant room and tell T.D. Jakes he's a wolf in sheep's clothing and he needs to repent and he's not saved, it's not wisdom to do that. It's more wisdom to just go there and accept him as a brother and the foolishness that you see that went on. Well, I wasn't allowed to attend. They threatened to arrest me when I showed up. So, <laughs> Yeah, because you, you weren't using wisdom. You were uh, ignorant. Right, yeah. That's my big problem is I'm completely ignorant. When I read the scriptures, I happen to tend to believe it. But uh, you know what's interesting here is that my question would be is, um, you know, they, they, they take a swipe at the Apostle Paul and all of the sufferings that he experienced, but Paul in his own writings and Peter in his also make it clear that they rejoice in their sufferings because they, can, they see that as being counted worthy to suffer the way Jesus suffered, to partake in his sufferings. If they're going to yeah. make the claim that the Apostle Paul just didn't understand wisdom, then we must draw the same conclusion about Jesus, because um, this is a man who, well, 
He was scourged by the Romans, beaten to within an inch of his life. He was so marred, according to the, uh, the prophet Isaiah, that we couldn't even recognize him after his beating. His hands and feet were pierced with nails, and he was literally suspended between heaven and earth on a Roman cross, and he died, died a horrible, painful, shameful death. I mean, if Paul is a rube, then Jesus is doubly so. Because he didn't drive around in a Mercedes Benz or hang out with palaces. In fact, the point that he made to the rich young ruler is, you know, and and other people is is that, you know, hey, you know, foxes have holes, but I, you know, son of man doesn't. Um, You know, know, they'll quote, they'll they'll just quote, uh, I think it's, was it 2 Corinthians where uh, it says, uh, where Paul said, uh, he became uh, poor so that we could become rich. They'll just they'll just quote that out of context and say, "Well, see, Jesus suffered for a reason." But Paul, being ignorant, thought he had to live just like Jesus and suffer as well, wow. not understanding that Jesus did that so Paul wouldn't have to. But Paul ignorantly went through it anyway. That's what they'll say. Wow, that's really their argument. Yep. Wow. But see, because people are so ignorant and people just want to be deceived, they just have itching ears. They they don't really study. And uh, even the ones that do like to study, I mean, it's no point because God hasn't opened their eyes to see the truth. Right. So they're still blind, and so they'll accept something like that. And uh, I've heard many sermons where they'll take one scripture and totally rip it out of context, and all you have to do is read the next verse to see that it's out of context. Well, that you know, on my sermon reviews on this program, I mean, over and again, I, I tell people 90% of all false doctrine gets cleared up as soon as you put that verse back in context. <laughs> you know, it, you know, and, and the other 10% requires a, a kind of a rudimentary understanding of hermeneutics and exegesis, which you can yeah. get. You can get in a Bible college. You can get it online in iTunes University. I mean, seriously, there's hermeneutics classes that you can listen to, entire college courses on the Internet. Yeah. Now, there's no reason why anybody uh, should have to, uh, you know, to suffer without at least understanding the basics of just sound biblical hermeneutics and exegesis, and yet... These guys come along and they tell a new message that scratches it, itching ears. And in, in your album, you call them spiritual prostitutes. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, um, is a biblical uh, category. Uh, the uh, the prophets often referred to the false uh, prophets and and you know idolaters of their days as as whores. And so, yes. yeah, I think prostitute is the the kinder way of putting it. So I you know I. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know, I was yeah, the whole Babylon. That's right. Exactly. So, okay, let's let's talk again a little bit about your album. Okay, okay. and uh, as I was listening to it, I got to the last track. The last track is named "Run," and yeah. in there, you you make a statement about how Creflo Dollar denies the deity of Christ. And uh, and you in your, in the track say that you have an MP3 that proves that, and yeah. and you know I was a little shocked to hear it, and you know it doesn't surprise me, but the, then again, Creflo Dollar is not somebody I spend a lot of time on, and so you know I sent you a a direct message on Twitter and asked if you had the uh, that MP3, and uh, you you were able to just send that to me like straight away, and I started listening to it, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And uh, I was wondering if you would like to. Uh, we don't. I don't want to do a full blown sermon review, but w- would you like to sit in? And l- let's listen to uh, Creflo Dollar from this MP3 that you sent me, because I think if we go through like the first five, six, seven minutes, 
uh, he pretty much makes the point straight on, right up front. And uh, and so that people can understand, you know, w- w- in this last track uh, of your album, you know, what it is that you're referring to. So um, hang on a second here. Let me cue this up. Uh, and we'll hear the uh, the intro to the MP3. I'll play it so that everyone can you know understand where this came from. Do you know what year this was preached, by the way? Oh, I have no. Uh, I think it was uh, might have been. It was in the two thousands. I don't remember exactly what year. Okay. But uh, he definitely still holds to it uh, because I heard some stuff on um, just live TV where he was pretty much implying, and I don't know if maybe those were older as well. Right. But uh, he's definitely got worse as his uh, as, as being bold with uh, being heretical. Right. Because you know, more back then it was more cunning and subtle. And I think now they're just to the point where who cares? Just let's just preach it, you know. Right now, um, are you familiar with my term "narsa Jesus"? Uh, I think so a little bit. I, I think I've seen it on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I've I've used the term a few times. It's it's one of the listeners uh, to my program kind of coined the phrase because I kept referring to a particular Bible twisting technique as narcissistic eisegesis. Yeah, yeah. Where you know narcissism, where you love yourself, and then eisegesis yeah. is you read things into the text. So narcissism is where you take biblical texts and you read yourself into like them. Yourself. And I, yeah. I I think that's what Creflo Dollar is doing here. Here, let's uh, let's listen in to uh, Creflo Dollar um, and his denial of Jesus's deity. Here we go. Today, I'm changing your world with Creflo Dollar. You better know who God is before you go into fire. You better know who God is before you go through hard times. See, what happens in hard times, it helps you to realize that you ain't got no choice but to trust in God. You better get, if you're going to ever get out of this thing, you better go and do what you, they've been telling you to do. You understand what I'm saying? The Amplified Version of Romans 8.19 says that the whole creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Join Dr. Dollar for today's message, Jesus' Growth into Sonship, and discover the importance... The name of the message is Jesus' Growth into Sonship. You have got to be kidding me. I mean, the the scriptures reveal that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, but he's going to grow into sonship? All right, let's continue. I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm already starting to get hot under the collar. This kind of stuff bothers me. ...of maturing in the things of God, so you can exercise your God-given authority and send the enemy running. Luke chapter 3. Now, if listen, Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, verse 20, 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and prayed the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. Now it was not a dove but it was the Holy Ghost shaped like a dove. So, you know, you're not going to become any more anointed if you buy doves and put them on your shoulders and say, look, I got the Holy Ghost walking on me. No, the Holy Ghost came in the form of a dove. And watch this. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son. He says, you're my son now. No other time, God, God didn't say this no other time until he matured. 
Until he came into his maturity and until after 30 years of maturing, after 30 years of growing, after 30 years of being perfected, then God Almighty confirms his sonship and anoints him. Um, so Jesus wasn't the son of God until he obeyed and grew into it? I, I and notice he's eisegeting. He's he's you know nowhere in the text does it say that Jesus wasn't the Son of God until you know God the Father pronounced this at his baptism. I and mean, this is this is crazy. Yeah. Hold on. Let's listen a little, just a little bit more. And that's exactly what he wants to do with you. When you begin to grow into your sonship, he will confirm that you've reached your sonship with an anointing. Oh, man. So this is what God wants to do with me and with you. I, as soon as I can obey like Jesus obeyed, then God's going to give me an anointing and confirm that I'm his son. Yeah, according to Creflo. Wow, that is just flat-out blasphemy. I mean, yeah, it is, but people won't catch on because they'll see, you know, they'll, well, they'll say, like, well, he's just reading the Bible. You know, but 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 he's he's not giving any context, like you said, uh, to what's going on and why it's happening. You know, he's just saying because if, if what people if the people listen to the whole thing, he's setting it up yeah. to make it about man. Yeah, you know, the whole reason he's doing that is not to glorify Christ, is not to glorify the Father. It's all set up to show that you are just like Jesus. Jesus was an ordinary man who got baptized just like you did, or who. You know, who has the Holy Spirit just like you did? That's what that's what he's trying to make it out as. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. In fact, he's going to flesh this out in you know, in just uh, you know in the next few minutes. But you're right. The, he's basically making the claim that Jesus is an ordinary dude, and he obeys and then gets anointed as a result of his obedience, and that's yeah. to show you that you need to do the same thing. Well, okay, sure. I'll do the same thing that Jesus did as soon as I can be, well, go back and to my mother's womb and be conceived without Adam's sin being imputed to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, see, that's the thing is, is that even before I was able to commit any of my own sins, Adam's sin was imputed to me as if I'm the one who committed it. You know, so I was born dead in trespasses and sins. And then from the moment that I was, after I was born and started screaming and breathing and other things like that, my sin began all on my own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is unbelievable. So, yeah, sure, I'll be anointed just like Jesus uh, was anointed as soon as I could figure out how to go back and undo all the sins that I did, including Adam's. You know, and let's continue yep. with this because I, you know, your point was right. Let's a little bit, a couple more minutes here. And then he said, "In thee I am well pleased." And the Bible says it's impossible to please him if you don't have what faith. So I know Jesus walked in perfect faith, and Jesus himself began to be about thirty years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. And then it goes on and talks about that lineage that he came from. Now here's what I want you to get here. If Jesus came as God, then why did God have to anoint him? Which is a ridiculous question, by the way, which shows that he he doesn't even understand biblically what is being referred to when it talks about the anointing. Okay, for instance, okay, 
there were two anointings in the Old Testament. I, a lot of folks don't understand this. There were two anointings. And there was, uh, you know, we see an example of, the, of, of one of the anointings, like when David is anointed by the prophet Samuel as king of Israel. Okay? So there is a kingly anointing. And in many ways, the prophets themselves were anointed. So the idea here is, is that Jesus is anointed as our prophet priest and king he you know that anointing has to do with the offices the the office that he holds both politically and religiously as as king and priest and prophet of of god most high you know and and which sets jesus apart from everybody in all of humanity there ain't nobody that has his anointing because he is he is the son of God, and he is the son of David. He is uh, he is Theanthropos. He is the God Man. I mean, th- right. and you know, for somebody to claim that they can have Jesus's anointing, um, I mean, it's it's just flat out blasphemy. It's to rob yeah. Christ of who he is. Yeah, that's exactly what the sermon is about. Wow. Let's listen to a couple more minutes. Hang on. If Jesus, see, God's already anointed. If Jesus came as God, then why did God have to anoint him? Jesus came as a man, that's why it was legal to anoint him. Uh, yet he's the God-man. I mean, this is, this is terrible Christology. This is, I mean, this is flat-out heresy. Yeah. Hang on. God doesn't need anointed. He is anointing. Jesus came as a man, and at age 30, God is now getting ready to demonstrate to us and give us an example of what a man with the anointing can do. Now, wait a second. I thought he said he was anointed at that time. So Jesus had to pull off everything that he did prior to his baptism without the anointing? I mean, this guy's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Hang on. Now, Jesus never did any great miraculous things before this day. Before 30. We don't read about him at 20 doing anything. We don't read about him at, at, at 25 doing anything. But when he was about 12, we read about him doing something. What was he doing? Preparing. Well, at zero, uh, Jesus was born of a virgin. That sounds like something to me. But, you know, maybe I'm just reading it wrong. Hang on. His bar mitzvahs, growing, maturing. We don't read about Jesus doing any miraculous thing until he turned 30. And when he turned 30, God says, I'm now going to show you what a man can do who's anointed by God. And And yet there's not a single verse that says that. He's just completely attributing, projecting onto God this, this theology that nowhere is taught in the scripture. Just undermining the gospel. Yeah, well, first of all, it robs Christ of his deity. Uh, You know, Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself and, you know, was found in the form of a servant and became obedient even to death on a cross. You know, so if Jesus, well, uh, Philippians 2 makes it clear that even, you know, that he was by nature God. You know, that, I mean, that verse just flat out contradicts this man. Holy smokes, this is horrible. Hang on, yeah. a couple more minutes, hang on. God had to show up and say to Jesus, 
you are my son. Can you imagine being Jesus, growing up all these years, being told that you're the son of God, and all the things happening, and walk, walking around in his flesh body, and then at age 30, the confirmation comes from heaven. Yes, you are my son. So, really, I mean... Luke tells us that when Jesus was 12 years old and he was in the temple and his, you know, and he, he, you know, his parents blew out of town in Jerusalem and they, they realized we lost Jesus and they went back and found him. And he basically said, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Exactly. I mean, Jesus seemed to have no, um, well, doubt as to who he was and who his father was even at the age of 12. Yeah, he always knew who he was, but apparently Creflo doesn't. <laughs> Apparently Creflo doesn't. Anyway, I, I I can't listen. I can't bear to listen to any more of it. This is flat out yeah. blasphemy. And it rob- you know Go ahead. You know what's sad, man? Um, people will hear that that uh, that know that what he's doing is wrong, um, and and they'll hear that and they'll try to just they'll still try to justify it and say, well, you know, we're all human, and they'll give him grace. But for me and you saying that that's wrong. They'll give us no grace. Well, you, you, you know, can't say, touch you God's anointed, you know, because they turn yeah. around and they claim that anoint Jesus' anointing for themselves and then turn around and say, you can't touch me because I'm God's anointed. Exactly, which is a lie. Yeah, which you, you, you hit on on several of the uh, tracks on your album. That's that's kind of a recurring theme I've seen between you and Ivy, is uh, this I, idea of not touching God's anointing or speaking against God's prophets. These guys are false prophets. And yeah. a lot of folks kind of miss this because in English it's really easy to miss. When we yeah. see the word Christ, Jesus Christ, okay? Christos. Christos, okay? The Christos is the, is the Greek word for Mashiach, the Hebrew mm-hmm. word, which means anointed one. Yeah. And so Jesus warns us in, you know, in the Olivet Discourse uh, as he's going to Jerusalem to be crucified. He warns us that in the last days, there would not only be false prophets, but there would be pseudo-Christos, false anointed ones. And that's really what he's getting the the point at. A lot of people think that a a false Christ is somebody who claims to be Jesus. Well, yes, it's that, but it's so much more. It's, It's somebody basically false anointed ones, false people claiming the anointing, and these guys... I mean, every word, every other word out of their mouth has something to do with this anointing this and anointing that. And if they yep. understood, if they were speaking Greek, they would be talking about the Christos, you know, yep. the, you know, them being, you know, you know, anointed ones, Mashiachs, and we would see them for what they are. But, uh, you know, I, I, that's another part of, uh, the uh, the biblical illiteracy that we you know that we face in our days is that people don't even understand what Jesus was warning us about. So, yeah, anyway, so Jovan, tell everybody, number one, how do they get a copy of your new album, The Narrow Road Famine, which, by the way, has 20, and 20 tracks on it. I mean, this is, this is not a small album. I mean, you could literally cut this up into The Narrow Road Famine Part 1 and Part 2. It would be like the Beatles' White Album, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, how how does somebody get a hold of this? Um, they can actually go to my uh, website, which is uh, www.javonmckenzie.com. Uh-huh. That's J-O-V-A-N-M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-Y, javonmckenzie.com. 
and uh, they can click on download, and they'll be able to download it. Okay. Now, how much is this album? Uh, it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about this uh, last week. This this album's free. You're not charging anybody to uh, to download this album. No. Okay. Now, I'm going to put a plug in for you because here's the deal. I've listened to the album, and it's clear that you have put in days, weeks, months, you know, hours upon hours into this album, writing it, not only just writing the, you know, the lyrics and the songs, but taking the time to study the theology necessary to put into these songs. I mean, this is something that is a labor of love. And, and, and on your website at jovanmckenzie.com, is there a way that if somebody wanted to financially contribute to the work that you're doing, that they can do so, even though you're making this album available for free? Um, yes, uh, we do have on the website, uh, there's a, uh, in the menu bar, there is a thing that says donate. Mm -hmm. And also when you go to the um, uh, download section with the, uh, the famine album, there's a button that donate just for people. If they would like to donate, um, then they can do so. Because uh, I do do this full time, um, but so if people want to donate, they can. And um, but I put it free, so that way anybody who can't afford it or just doesn't want to pay can, you know, can be blessed by it. So that way nobody's getting, uh, you know, feels robbed or anybody can have access to it. Right now, I, I would remind folks that uh, Scripture is clear that a worker is worth his wages. And in in our day and age, when people don't think twice about pirating somebody's uh, work musically or going onto a torrent website and and downloading a movie that they did not purchase, um, that you know there there's no piracy issue here. But I would say this: um, take a listen to the album, and you will see that Joe Vaughn is a worker that's worth his wages, and uh, and that. By supporting him financially, and he hasn't asked me to do this. I, I I want everybody to know this. By supporting him financially, you make it possible for him to be able to continue in this type of work and to boldly proclaim sound biblical doctrine, Christ and him crucified for our sins, and to be a beacon for the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in a way that uh, that is bold, blunt, direct, artistic and uh and so needed nowadays and uh and if you can't afford to uh you know to you know to pay for the album then at least take some time to keep Joe Von McKenzie as well as Ivy Connerly and the other folks that he works with in your prayers as they continue Amen. to be a beacon for the gospel uh in well in in, in a church that's gone crazy the, the the visible church has gone apostate and uh, pray for his protection, pray for his creativity, pray for uh, continued boldness, and that God would bless the work that he's done. Amen. Amen. So, Jovan, again, I, I got to tell you, we haven't met in person, but we've, you know, we've uh, talked on Twitter and we've talked on the phone a couple of times now, and I'm very encouraged by the work that God has called you to and excited to see uh you know your bold stand for uh, for sound biblical doctrine and for the gospel cuz ultimately false doctrine always obscures the gospel and uh and I I love the fact that you're so boldly standing up against the false doctrine so that Christ and him crucified for our sins can be proclaimed and sinners brought to repentance and faith and trust in Christ and ultimately this is a this is a work that well it 
it's not well respected, uh, even in Christian circles nowadays, which is kind of strange. But thank you for yeah. the work that you do. Hey, thank you as well, man. I'm encouraged by your work as well, man. Keep keep serving Christ. Will do. And uh, it, by the way, you know, I I sent you a a, a tweet on Twitter. I, you know, I understand that you know you're reformed and you know a Calvinist and and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I, I'm a Lutheran, and uh, there's this really, 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 really old hymn that we Lutherans like to sing, and it's in it's in our Matin service. It's called the Te Deum Laudamus, and uh, this I think this thing goes back to the fourth century. Take a look at the lyrics of that. I'd I'd love to hear a hip hop version of the Tadam. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll try to uh, do that, man. Uh, God willing. Uh, yeah, actually, even on my album, I have a song called "Rugged Cross I Clean," uh-huh. which I I took uh, the I, I don't know what the hymn was called, but it says simply, uh, "Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I clean." Yeah, I actually kind of took that and just made my own version. Right. On the album as well, too. Yeah. No, I the the uh, the 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 style that you uh, use, the hip hop rap style, actually, the one of the things that's nice about it is is that you have the ability to kind of pack some real content and some real punch into the lyrics that you use, whereas sure. you know the kind of the uh, the Karen Carpenter love song kind of thing, you know, th- that's kind of a limited medium. You know, yeah. so you know at least the 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 style that you're you know that you are so skilled at, uh, it it is actually something that lends itself to more content. Which again, when you listen to this album, you, you're gonna understand that uh, this guy put a lot, a lot into this, including biblical study, theological study, uh, and um and and un- he knows his stuff. So. Jovan, again, thank you for coming on Fighting for the Faith, and I, you know, I look forward to uh, hearing back from you as to how uh, God is using the album, and uh, and and look forward to hearing what your what your next endeavors are. Hey, thank you, man. Keep me in your prayers, and I'll do the same for you, my brother. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, no problem. God bless you too. Great interview, bold man. We thank God and praise Christ for raising up men like Jovan McKenzie. Pray for him and the work that he's doing, and for his continued theological study and bold proclamation of the gospel, especially in these days, you know, when there's so much apostasy and false doctrine running around in the visible church. All right, we're at the end of another edition of Fighting for the Faith, so what'd you think? I'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me, you can. My email address, talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can ask to be my friend on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian, or you can follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. <laughs>